1: and Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think.
2: Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. So hello everybody and welcome to the first episode of the Eurotrip after the culmination of a whirlwind national final season. Rob, despite so many countries having already chosen their artists well in advance of the 2021 edition of the Eurovision Song Contest, we still had loads of selection shows, didn't we?
3: Oh my goodness, didn't we? So much going on. As you said, we already had plenty of countries that had already confirmed their 2020 artists returning, but that didn't stop the whole thing being very, very busy. Every week I appeared to have been asking you how your screens were doing. I mean, did, did you cope? Because on Saturday, of course, we had the big Melfest final, followed by Daddy's Song for Iceland. So that was a one hell of a super Saturday. It was. I cooked very well, thankfully, because uh, Daddy
2: very timely did his song just at the culmination of uh, of Sweden's Melfest. But I was doing some. Uh, I was doing some stats and facts. You know how much I love my uh, my stats and facts, Rob. And I was counting up how many national final songs we've had in twenty
3: twenty one. I can already tell you that that would have been very difficult for you, given that you've got quite a little quite a little head, and presumably <laughs> that number was quite big.
2: It was a very big number. Uh, first of all. Are you OK if I classify Israel, Ukraine and Bulgaria as being national finals, even though they weren't technically? Uh, what are you going to do if I say no? Then I'm going to have to do some more maths and we won't have time for it. Uh, let's let's count them then, shall we? In that case, we have had 235
3: songs in the 2021 national final season. Oh, that's the nice tasty number. I enjoy that because I don't like myself an odd number. But if it's a five, I can get on board. So 235 songs, eh? Indeed, yeah, I can. And I know you're going to say no. I can take you through the breakdown songs per country, if you like. I thought you were going to say you can take us through all 235 (laughs) songs. Strap in, everybody. Uh, Yeah, sure, go on. You've done the research, so you may as well share it with the rest of the group. Are you ready? Deep breaths, everybody. Lithuania, 21. Russia, 3. Sweden, 28. Croatia, 14. Uh, so we'll leave him with that because I feel like he might be going on for quite a long time. Anyway, here we go. It's time for this week's episode of the Euro Trip. Israel, 9, kind of. Ukraine, 3, kind of. And Bulgaria, 6, kind of. Let the dance macabre begin. Ladies and
0: gentlemen, good evening
3: and a very warm,
4: Welcome.
1: I know the only one show in the world that combines it all. Singing, music, dancing, traditional and ethnic styles. It's massive. It's twice
3: the Super Bowl. It's like 200 million people. When we reach the end of the show in
4: approximately three to eight hours, we will have a new champion. Now let's get to it. Are you ready to party Europe? It is easy
1: what I say. What I say.
4: This is the Eurotrip.
3: So hello and welcome to the Eurotrip, your favourite Eurovision podcast with me Rob, me James And this week, a couple of our favourite artists from this year's National Selection Season. There have been a
2: boatload of songs in the 2021 Selection Season. And there's been all sorts, all sorts to keep us happy. Loads of styles of music, loads of styles uh, of songs in there. And we decided to invite two of our favourite artists, as Rob says, to come and review it all. Talk about their experiences and just give us a general idea about what their lives looked like in the run-up to the Eurovision Song Contest.
3: I was interested to hear what uh, sort of uh, vessel you were going to say we had a number of songs in. You went boatload. I enjoyed it. Um, I, don't, I don't know, tanker full, Who knows? We, <laughs> we could keep it transport-themed if you wanted. Yeah, but James is right. We will be crossing to Estonia and Portugal a little bit later on on the podcast to have a chat to a couple of our favourite artists from national selection season. Because as James said... It has been quite the ride over the last few months and uh, James I don't know about you, I am absolutely exhausted
2: honestly Rob I am knackered we've been doing loads and loads of stuff here on the podcast we've been doing Melfest Monday of course we've been doing these bonus episodes which we are having an absolute delight doing and recording and and bringing to you listeners but this week uh, in between now and, and as we start to gear up for Eurovision 2021 we
3: thought we'd do things
2: a little bit differently so we've got that little treat for you still to come later on in this episode.
3: Yeah, that's right. Don't worry, we will be full steam ahead for Rotterdam next week, but we thought this week we'd take a little look back and reflect on the last few months that we've had in the world of Eurovision. And don't worry, everybody, the one-second song will still be here at the end of today's episode. That's right. We've got all that and more still
2: to come. You're listening on Acast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. This is the
3: Eurotrip. So indeed, here we are yet again. It's a Wednesday. It is the Euro trip. Thank you as ever, everybody who is listening right now. It means the world to us to know that you are listening to our little Eurovision podcast. And don't forget as well, spread the word. Tell a friend. Tell a Eurovision-loving individual. That was a weird way of putting it, wasn't it? <laughs> That we are here every week and, uh, and make sure that they, they listen to this too. Uh, we want to be open and transparent with you this week. We've already mentioned that we are absolutely knackered, and I, I don't want to speak on your behalf, James, but this week we're just having a bit of a break. We're taking stock. We wanted to bring you an episode, but like we're really tired and we're starting to build up to, to Rotterdam. So, yeah, this week we kind of we've, we've lessened the pace a little. We're kind of, yeah, we're taking our foot off the gas, but it is still going to be an enjoyable journey. It certainly is. What an analogy. Well done for wrapping that up very, very well. No, Rob's right. We
2: are, we're a bit tired. However, uh, we've got loads of exciting stuff lined up over the next, is it eight weeks until Rotterdam? I think it's eight weeks. So we've got loads and loads of content lined up uh, between now uh, and the grand final of the Eurovision Song Contest in Rotterdam in May. So rest assured, we'll still be here every single week here in your podcast stream uh, and while you are listening and, and when you're not as well don't forget you can get in touch with us on uh, on twitter on instagram we're at your podcast and you can email us as well
3: hello at your dot podcast.com rob have you got some tweets on your end i do i do uh, thank you everybody as ever for getting in touch i had loads of tweets about Melfest monday because of course Melfest monday uh, if you've been listening if you haven't i'll tell you anyway uh, we've been doing a podcast every single monday you guessed it looking at the Melody Festival and competition over in Sweden. And yeah, loads of you have been telling us how much you you enjoyed the series. It came to an end on Monday. Uh, one of those, Vince, said, what am I going to do on Monday mornings now that hashtag Melfest and Eurotrip Podcast Melfest Mondays are over? Who wants to work? Please bring it back next year. We really, 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 really want to. Uh, so you know, twelve months time, hopefully we'll be celebrating the second series of Malfest Monday. Who knows? And uh, and also shout out to Elliot as well, who got in touch, and he got in touch because uh, one of the interviews we brought you last week on the Euro trip with uh, Linnea Dev, of course, the huge songwriter. She was one of the writers on Tusa's uh, track "Voices," which won Malfest, and uh, she revealed that Tusa actually, of course, nearly missed recording "Voices." Because he had his driving test. Uh, Elliot tweeted us to say, I mean, it would be pretty tough to say no when Linnea Debs says she has a song for you. But God, how different this year could have been. And Elliot, you're absolutely right. He certainly is. Could you imagine? Who would have won? Well,
2: actually, I think we we do know who would have won if Tusa wasn't there. It would have been Eric because he came second. Nothing gets past you, does it? It, it certainly doesn't I've, uh, I'm, I'm the stats and facts man I know it all um, but another tweet from, uh, from Victoria she's at Vico Brown on, on Twitter she says I've absolutely loved your series of Melfest Monday I really hope you do it again next year as Rob says we hope we do it again next year because it has been a load of fun to do it. Uh, and Andy as well uh, sent us a tweet last week uh, saying such a great bonus episode of the Eurotrip podcast. Uh, of course, we brought you that roundtable discussion uh, to discuss James Newman's song Embers for uh, for the UK at Eurovision 2021. He's saying fingers crossed for a great result in Rotterdam. I think all of our fingers are crossed as well, Rob. I think they
3: are my fingers and other people's fingers. I'm crossing other people's <laughs> fingers on James Newman's behalf because <laughs> oh, we'd love a left hand side, wouldn't we? We really, really would. Uh, but I think if if there was ever a, a, a few minutes that just exemplified how ridiculously busy both me and James have been recently, it was that Malfest Monday special bonus episode Euro trip on Wednesday. Yeah, it's all been happening anyway. But uh, as James said, lots to look forward to between now and Rotterdam. My inbox at the moment with podcast content, as James would say, is currently popping off. As is mine. You'll be pleased to
2: hear everyone. So we've got loads to come over the next few weeks or so. Uh, But in the meantime, of course, you can get in touch with us. Uh, We'd love to hear from you. Uh, It's at Eurotrip Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. And you can email us hello at com.
4: This is the Eurotrip.
3: When you aren't listening, you can find us on social media.
4: We're at Eurotrip Podcast. Warming you up for the Eurovision Song Contest.
3: Now, you might be listening thinking, where's that jazzy news jingle? Well, uh, unfortunately... Or maybe, fortunately, depending on what you think of the music, we are giving it a rest this week because, of course, there has been loads of news recently. But we're now in that kind of weird lull period where uh, there's not not a huge amount of, of fresh news uh, at the moment. Anyway, at the time of, of recording this podcast, so we thought we'd, we'd give it a bit of a break this week. Don't worry, the news will return. Uh, but for everything else, of course, Eurovoire.com uh, with uh, everything that is breaking, all of the latest news, all of the articles—they're all over on there. But now it is time. For possibly the most underwhelming party you've been to since James's eighteenth birthday. <laughs> it's the Euro Trips Selection Show Rap Party. I was
2: hoping you would have put some special music in there, Rob. It sounded like you were gearing up to a little special bit of music, but it didn't come. It didn't What about what about now? Oh, very good. He's done the business. You tell him what to do and he does it. Thanks for that, Rob. Now up feels like take a true party. Got a WKD in hand. There you are. <laughs> leaning on a doorframe. This is much better than your uh, Thomas the Tank Engine party you mentioned uh, on last week's podcast, isn't it? It was a disco. Have some respect. <laughs> Anyway, as Rob says, uh, we're now going to look back at what has been, I think I said this before, a whirlwind of a national selection season, with, uh, I'm going to say this again because I'm proud of the stats, 235 songs on offer this year. It has been an absolute roller coaster. and to help us look back at it, we are joined by two of our favourite artists from this year's selections, one of them... Rob will tell you in a moment is from Estonia but the first one is Pedro Gonçalves uh, from Festival de Canção in Portugal uh, he performed in that show with his song Now Rufi
3: yeah that's right we thought long and hard about this guest list we thought we can bring one national final artist each to the party James has gone with Pedro I have gone with a wonderful, wonderful woman that I spoke to earlier on in the selection season. You may remember her interview on the podcast. It's Cece, the runner-up from Estee Lau, of course, daughter of Eurovision winner Dave Benton. Her brilliant song, Time, of course, clearly captured the hearts of the Estonian public because she so nearly had their ticket to Rotterdam. And uh, I just knew she'd be a good laugh at a party, so uh, that's why I thought she'd uh, get the invite. I am so glad that Cece did not win Estee Lael this
2: year, for one good reason. Can you guess what it is? I don't think I can, and I hope you have
3: a good one, because this is quite rude. I have a very good reason, because if she'd won, she couldn't have come to the party. Oh, you're so right. We could have had Uku instead, which, you know, I'm sure we still would have been great, but, but no Cece. No, absolutely not. So, as we say, we've got Cece,
2: we've got Pedro from Portugal, and these are, as we say, two of our favourite artists from the national final season this year and we were very lucky enough to be able to have this conversation with the two of them together and there was a moment later on where where them two seemed to hit it off
3: and there may be some music from the two of them together in the pipeline yeah who knows me and James making wonderful things happen across borders that's right the power of the podcast uh, unfortunately, there was no food at the at the party because that was uh, that was given to James as a responsibility, and he he appeared to not bring the party rings as as uh, as I asked. But there was plenty of mention of food, though, and and as regular listeners will know, that makes me very happy. It certainly does. If I was in charge, I'd just bring some Pringles and some pink wafers and that wouldn't cut it for you, would it? Well, it depends what Pringle. I'm a big fan of a barbecue or a sour cream.
2: Oh, you see, I knew you'd say sour cream. Just get on with it. We're not going to have this conversation here.
3: James has got a lot of stupid food opinions, everybody. He doesn't put cheese on pasta. And I appreciate that might be the last time you listen to the podcast after finding out that piece of information. But uh, yeah. while, while you sit at home listening to this podcast, or maybe you're out on a walk and you're just shaking your head thinking, what's a stupid, stupid man? I'll, uh, I'll get us into, into the party itself, shall I? So it was brilliant to be joined by Pedro and Cece. We've already said that. And I thought I'd start by asking Cece about her wonderful experience because, of course, as we've already said it, she was the runner up and came so close to representing Estonia at Eurovision this year.
4: Yeah, no, I, I loved it. I loved every single second of it. No, no, that's a lie, because the moment they start telling, you know, from the bottom, like, who's 10th place, who's 9th place, I did not love that part. That part's horrible, but everything else was absolutely amazing.
2: Pedro, how was it for you? Because am I right in saying this wasn't the first time you were in your selection show either? Yes, it was, it was the,
1: the second time because uh, my first time was in 2017 and it was with, uh, with an English song. Uh, don't walk away and this time uh, I came back with a portuguese song não vou ficar and uh, for me it was great because i was trying to to do what what is my 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 work in, in the music area you know i'm, I'm a, a pop singer a pop uh, artist and i was trying to give uh, festival da canção a, a pop song because i i think there is a lack of pop songs in, in festival da canção <laughs>
4: Now,
3: Pedro, you you mentioned there that you had already been in the Portuguese selection in the past. And and Cici, that was the same for you as well. And do you think that really helped this year that you had got that experience that you could then go back and change things that you didn't do last time? And, you know, did that mean that you were more confident going into this year's competition?
4: Uh, Yeah, there is a certain calm that comes with it. Not a calm in performing, but a calm in you know what to expect from the process. So it's a lot easier to delegate a team, to um, just work like with the music videos, with the outfits, everything. Cause I'm much more aware of the work that goes into the entire ACL project. And I feel like that does like give you a leg up if you've been there before, that you know not to wear yourself thin and to just like work through it with ease instead of just stressing about everything, which I did the first time.
3: And, and also, always worth remembering, CC, when, when you're involved, you have a special Eurovision advantage that not everybody has, a special <laughs> knowledge base that comes from...
4: I wonder what. <laughs> no, uh, my dad, yeah. Uh, he won the Eurovision in 2001, uh, which he does not let anyone ever forget. So that obviously (laughs) helps me because he knows how to coach me through the nerves, the stress, any kind of, we have a word in Estonia, binga, that means like pressure that comes with performing and being in the public eye.
2: Pedro, how was it for you then? Because of course you were in a similar position where this wasn't your first time in the selection process. So how did you uh, find it did you, oh sorry did you find it easier this year to be able to focus your attention better and and you know focus really on on, on the song yeah. and the performance it was easier
1: to to manage the the nerves because i was i remember that in 2017 i was really nervous i was really anxious to to go to go on on stage and perform that that song and i was and I was uh, performing a song from another another writer. You know, I, it wasn't my my song, so there was this that, that pressure that I had to do a good job. Uh, so I, I won't I will I won't let down the the the, the performer no, the, the composer of the song. You know, so you know I, I'm really young also, and um, it was like four or five, five years uh, different. Uh, yeah, four, four, four years since 2017 to. 2021. So I also grew up. I also learned uh, from going on tour uh, through Portugal. You know, being on stage and and performing to to people. It it helped me grow and uh, learning how to be on stage and dealing with that anxiety and, and nervous. I
3: think I think you both have that in common. I, I I don't think I'm wrong in saying that you know you both are really quite young to be doing what you're doing. And we are seeing that more and more in Eurovision now that the artists who go to the Eurovision Song Contest are so young. Does that make you less nervous, CC? Do you think that you, you know, that you, you're coming at it kind of fresher, and you, you're not sceptical of the music business by now?
4: That's true. I haven't had that much experience. That might make me bitter or anything. But for me, stage has always felt like home. Like, we're young people, which means we question anything and everything constantly from the world around us (laughs) to our own inner world. And like, who am I? What, What the hell am I actually doing in this world? But for me, when I'm on stage, I know who I am. So I've never actually been nervous in the music industry because making music is one of the very few things in life that actually makes sense to me.
2: Talking about being on stage and overcoming those nerves, for both of you this year, it was very different to how you would normally perform on stage because for for both your shows and for most shows across Europe and across the world, there was no live audience how did you both come to terms with not having that audience there did it make it a, a better experience because you didn't have the nerves of a live of a live crowd and you could just focus on the cameras uh
1: you know i, I really hate singing to machines so it was it was a worse experience uh, in 2017 having the, the the live audience you know uh you can you can look people in the eyes you can you can feel what they are feeling and and you are singing to them you are not singing to a machine with a with a red light on and and you, you don't have that uh, live feedback you know you, you you want to to feel what they're feeling you want to to know yeah I, i'm doing a good job because i'm singing and you know what i'm trying to do you you get it and when you're singing to a lens to a camera you don't have that immediate feedback
3: see, so you were you were nodding throughout all of Pedro's yeah, answer you
4: know, he took the words out of my mouth <laughs> what he said is absolutely true the people are so important for me it's important because whatever energy I give out they give it back tenfold and that fuels me and that makes me feel happy and I'll jump around the stage and I'll feel super free when there's no people it does feel like something's missing
3: do you do you both think that your songs maybe would have stood a better chance with an audience just because of the types of songs that they were. I mean, CC, your song was a really powerful anthem. So having an audience there, I don't know, would that have lifted it even further?
4: For me, the audience always lifts me up and gives me the energy I need. So I do believe so, yeah.
3: And, and same for
2: you i'm i'm guessing uh, pedro would you have much preferred to have had that audience there so you could really get into the zone and really embrace yeah, the live audience
1: especially especially uh, um, here in portugal I, 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 there's always a problem in in, in festival de that and, and i think everywhere because um the feeling you get and the sound you get when you are watching uh, watching it live watching the, the singer perform to you it's really different from watching it from home with the speakers for, of your tv that uh, sometimes is not the, the the best ones so the feeling is always different and uh, i was uh, i was trying to do something really really groovy i, I had i had dance on on the, the performance also so uh, if you had a, a live audience the people would 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 feel that would would Be um, watching me dance, and one wanted to dance too. And if you are at home in your sofa, like yeah, okay, yeah, you can you can dance. I, I don't care. I'm mean, you're just chilling and hitting something, and it's it's really different. And and I, I'm sure that if you are on the, on the on your on your house watching it on the TV, you you I think you you will feel the the songs that are more more acoustic, more 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 deep in a different way because you are you, you you also can be sad because you are at home like for months now because of the pandemic situation and you are uh, tired of being in the sofa and then someone comes with a piano or just singing about something really sad and you can be oh yeah i'm sad too so i, I really like this song better than the guy dancing because i'm tired of people pretending to be happy when they're not because covid doesn't let uh, doesn't let me go doesn't let me be free so yeah i think um i think my, my Song uh, was heard a little by by that, but I'm I'm really happy with what I did, and if I if I reached the the final of other it's because people enjoyed it in some in some ways. So.
3: If if we look at going back to before you know you took to the stage and when when you found out that you were going to be part of the national selections in your respective countries this year, of course. Across Europe, different countries view Eurovision very differently. Can you talk us through the moment you realized you were going to be part of your selections? Because, you know, Portugal, of course, you, you won Eurovision very, very recently. In Estonia, of course, SD is a huge competition. So both of you must have been delighted to be part of something you know the people in your country love, Cece. Oh,
4: for me, it was a very big deal. Uh in Estonia, they say who gets in like live on TV, and you you'll find out with the rest of the people. But with some people, they'll come surprise you at your house. I was one of those people. So it is on live TV where I am I can't speak. I'm shocked. I'm holding my face. I'm losing it on the camera. And that just that's the essence of what I felt when I got in. Because it's the ability to perform in a, to, in a time where people need the music and we as artists need to perform as well. So just being given that opportunity, I feel like it's a two-way street, that it's amazing for all parties.
2: Pedro, what was it like for you when you found out you were going to take part in Festival de Canção? Because we have to make it clear as well that Festival de Canção is very different to Estee Laul in the fact that it is more of a music celebration rather than a competition. But the winner does, in fact, go to Eurovision. So what was it like for for you, Pedro, to find out that you're going to be part of this massive Portuguese celebration of music?
1: Yeah, uh... I, I, I was one of the the selections from from the from the from the submissions of the of the public because you have like a number of, of composers who are invited by the by the the organization and the production of Festival de Cannes, and this year there were uh, two two slots for, for for the public submission you and this year was uh, we we broke records I think it was like uh, around uh, seven seven hundred uh, submissions of, of songs. And I was one of the the chosen ones to 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 be there to be in Festival de to you And I I was, uh, no Vou ficar was was going to be the first single of my my debut album. And the song was ready. And I was scrolling through Facebook and I saw the the post of Festival de and you can submit your song. And I I just like okay there there, there you go. And I was I, I was really I really didn't didn't think about it. Um, anymore because I was like yeah there, there are so many people so so talented submitting songs that they will they will never hear mine or they will never care about my song and I was having lunch my phone rang and I pick up and oh you are
3: selected to a song, and I, it was awesome. <laughs> James always at Pulls me up because I always bring it back to food. Uh, so Pedro, I'm just interested to know what you're having for lunch. <laughs> you mentioned your lunch there.
1: <laughs> I, I really can't remember, you know. I, I really don't know. <laughs> Sorry. But I, I really I really love to to cook and I and I, I really love to to Yeah,
3: I really love to cook (laughs) it. Well, maybe maybe after all this is over, Pedro, me and you can uh, can host a food podcast. We can get rid of James and me and (laughs) you can can sort this out together.
2: Oh, dear me. Me and Cece will go and do another podcast of our own then. If you're getting rid of me, Rob, we'll go and do something of our own. Uh, There we go. She agrees. Uh, Cece, I must um, recall a story that you told on the podcast a few months ago when, when Rob spoke to you. You almost declined your song for this year, didn't you? You didn't think it was <laughs> yeah. quite the right song.
4: I almost did. He, uh, Andrea, who's one of the co-authors, sent me the background, I guess you can call it, just like the instrumental. And I just sent him back and I just wrote to him, I'm sorry, dude, I don't, I don't like it. <laughs> because he had someone uh, like a vocal on top of there and I wasn't feeling it. But then my mom and sister a few days later were like, how dare you decline it without letting us hear it first? So of course I let them hear it. And then they look at me and like, you do realize there's potential here, right? I was like, well, now that you're saying it, I realize that I messed up. And then I called Andre and I was like, dude, we need to meet up in the studio like fast. Cause we don't have that much time and let's see if we can make this work.
3: I'm really interested to hear kind of what the reception has been to to both of your songs post the competition because you know you guys of course both did very very well in your selection. CC, you especially because as we've said already, it could have been you in Rotterdam and and maybe it'll be you in, in Eurovision really really soon. But what has the reception been like, CC? We will we'll start with you. You know what have people been saying about about your song?
4: I'm shocked by every day how people received it. Because I believed in the message and I I felt the strength of it, but it's, it's so different to have others receive it, to have others feel it, to have people write to me how they needed this message and how they have been stuck and how this song was the reminder to start living because I wrote the song as a reminder for myself as well to do that and to hear that it touched other people. I have people writing me From actually Portugal and from Spain and France, just people from all over the world who have been touched by the message of this song. And I can never put it to words how grateful I am for that.
1: Yeah, you know, and and Novo Ficar is actually the the number one song on on my Spotify profile right now. So people are really really enjoying the song, are really uh, connecting with the song, and that's, that that's great. That's the best part because Festival da Canção is great. is is it's it's great. But if even if you don't win uh, and and you recognize that people also enjoyed your song and are still listening to the song and and Festival da Canção ended, everything ended, and people are still listening to your song and keep replaying and and I, I still i still receive messages of people saying I, I really love your song i really wish you you could win and and uh, and I, I i will uh continue to to listen to novo Ficar and and uh, also me i love novo Ficar it, it will be it uh, uh clearly it will be on my on my debut album because i really love the the song and it means it means the world to me
3: Now, you've both, of course, been in the Eurovision selections uh, in your respective countries before. You've both had a great time this year. So, Pedro, Cece, are we going to see you again trying to represent your country at Eurovision?
4: Yes. (laughs) Short and simple. Uh, I'm the kind of person that I can't tell you for sure, like, it's going to be next year or the year after that. I'm going to be taking part again when there's a song I believe in
1: yeah i i really want to be back in festival da canção because uh, i i love i love the experience i love the the celebration of music like you you were saying and festival da canção really is a, a celebration of music in portugal you have festival da canção and then you have the prize like oh you win festival da canção you can go to eurovision and and uh, things can be separated here and because of the pandemic situation it was it was uh, thought uh, th- there was thought like oh we are going to to have to move to September and it will be separated from Eurovision, and and so both both things can happen. And when you can uh, put them together, it's even it's even great. And so I I love uh, showing showing my music, my work to to, to my to my fans in Portugal, and, and, and I also received messages from people around Europe that said Novo Ficar is great, so I, I really want to be back in Festival de like Canção. I don't know when, I don't know if, if it will be next year, uh, or five years from, from now. Um, it's like Sisi said, when the, when the song really, really is great and, and you feel like, yeah, this song can be in Festival like Sound, could be in Eurovision. And I, I really hope that if, I, if I, will, I will ever go to Eurovision, that i meet cc there so we can uh, redo this podcast and be like oh we are both in eurovision so <laughs>
4: it's great let's do it
2: i think you guys should do a, a duet as well maybe in a few years time we can get you two together never mind the podcast let's get you two performing a song together
4: <laughs> well actually no, i'm uh, flying uh, to portugal uh, in two weeks so we can do it then I, I, I As soon as we
1: finish this, I'm, I'm going to search for your social network, and I'm—I'm—I I, I have to be honest that I, I didn't uh, see your your performance, uh, so I'm going to check it out uh, as soon as we end this, this this interview.
3: There we are, James. We're now music bookers. We're bringing people together. <laughs> we're not—we're not, we're not just not just presenting this podcast. We're making special things happen. Finally. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear me, I've, I've got to
2: ask you before we find out, apart from you two meeting up and making a very successful song and whatever else you've got <laughs> planned for the rest of the year, uh, I've got to ask, Pedro, will you be sitting at home uh, in May when the Eurovision song Contest on with a Portuguese flag waving it for, for the black mamba?
1: Yeah, of course, because you know, uh, in in two thousand seventeen, I didn't I didn't win first uh, of but Salvador Sobral did, and then he he won uh, Eurovision. So I'm really hoping that like, Mamba win Eurovision this year. So it will be the proof that I'm. Uh, um, it's like a lucky.
2: A lucky charm, I the
1: a lucky charm, yeah. Uh, to to festival a Canção. so um, RTP will be like, oh, we need to invite this guy every year
3: so we can win Eurovision every year. <laughs> <laughs> I like the logic. I really like the logic. Uh, <laughs> CC, I think I remember from um, from our interview that that obviously in your house it's you know it's a huge deal in May.
4: We sit down with the entire family. That includes my great grandmother who will print out the names of the songs and she'll come into the room and she's like, everyone put points, everyone say who's gonna win, let's bet on it, let's see who's right, let's see who's wrong. My dad will cook a lot of food. And usually we'd have our neighbors over, our friends over, which we obviously, actually we don't know what's gonna happen in May, but currently like that would not be a possibility, but we do it with our family regardless.
2: Now Cece, let me ask the question that Rob is probably about to ask you, what food are you gonna have in May?
4: oh my god we always have chicken wings always like my dad will make chicken wings then we'll make like cookies and just like a bunch of stuff you can eat with your hands no one cares about being messy during that time so we'll just have the time of our lives because cooking is such a big part of my family my dad loves cooking i love cooking so we'll just make a lot of different foods
3: pedro what's on the menu
1: I really, I really don't know, you know, but I, I, love, I love to to cook Portuguese food, Portugal traditional food, and I think um, maybe bacalhau uh, a or or roast pato, something like that. I
3: don't know what it is, but it sounds tasty. <laughs>
1: Oh, you okay. can come, you can come to Portugal, Rob and James and CC and we 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 can have a really like a big dinner, and you can taste all the Portuguese food. And I, I can I can guarantee you that once you taste it, you can you you'll never go back to 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 your countries because you love Portugal, you love Portugal's food, and you 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 won't you won't eat uh, better in any other country. I can I can <laughs> promise you that.
3: <laughs> God, what an offer! Sorry, Cece, say again.
4: Yeah, I said those are big words. So yeah, yeah, yeah. But I can promise you that I can promise. you.
3: <laughs> I think we should probably ask what your plans are for uh, for the rest of the year. Obviously, it's it's you know difficult to predict what what is going to happen over the next few months. But but Pedro, you said you've got you've got a new album. Is it out already, or is it is it yet to come out?
1: No, no, I, I'm I'm working on it. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm going to release the first single in in May. It's going to be to be out. On my YouTube channel and you know all the digi- digital platforms and uh, I'm 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 working on it. We are um, we are I'm, I mean we are working on it for years now. But I really wanted to to be perfect and now I think it's the perfect time to to release it. So I think we're going to release the album like January February 2022. Uh, so we are working on it. We are going to release some some singles uh, this year and I think it's going to be great. I'm really anxious and I I hope I can be uh, touring. Uh, 2022 uh, in in, uh, in, summer in in Portugal because uh, last year we had no concerts here. This year we we're going to have no concerts uh, too because of the pandemic situation. But I'm 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 hoping it will get better.
3: On the album, obviously, you've got to add the track with Cece as well now. So yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, and Cece
2: what about you? Apart from of course making the chicken wings and the cookies, what uh, what else are you doing for the rest of the year?
4: I I'll, I'll be doing modeling work largely because I am he- currently healing my vocal cords, So I won't be, I can't say I won't be making any m- new music because I'll definitely be writing new music. What I've started to do now is that I'll play the piano and I'll whistle the melody cause I can't sing it. So I have like tens of tracks, just of me whistling stuff, <laughs> but mainly, yeah, just write music while whistling and modeling work here and there. And as well as working with kids in the kindergarten.
3: Very busy. That's what I've got from the both of you. You're going to have a very, very busy 2021. But thank you so much to the pair of you for, for finding time to to have a chat to us on on the podcast this week. And good luck. And hopefully we'll, uh, we'll see you both on the Eurovision stage one day soon.
1: So, thank, thank you. you. And thank you for, for having me.
2: Well, there it is. The food has been eaten. The drinks have been drunk. The lights have been switched off. That is the end of the Eurotrips National Selection Rap Party. What a
3: pleasure it was to be there. Absolutely was. Although I didn't realise there was a curfew at the time. We were rudely booted out just to the point that we were enjoying ourselves the most. Who knows? I thought Pedro and Cece, they were going to be on stage by the end of the night. They would have been blasting out some sort of ballad between them. But maybe, as you heard in the chat there, uh, we're going to have to wait until Pedro's new album to hear that beautiful duet. Between Pedro and Cece, not between us two, Yeah. Maybe we can be like you know how when sometimes artists release a song and they have like a feat like a featured like in brackets? Maybe we can finally be the in brackets. You know. Senate has Flowrider. <laughs> Maybe Pedro and Cece can have Robin James. I mean, that would be a dream come true for uh for them too, of course, not for us. What to to have such illustrious podcasters as uh, me and you on their song. <laughs> Do you imagine?
2: They're sitting there now, the pair of them going, right, so so which lines are we going to give to Robin James? I think the, the harmonies would work really well together on this line, don't you think?
3: Oh, I'd love to hear your Geordie accent on a Portuguese best-selling single.
2: Do <laughs> <laughs> you imagine that, my my accent on a
3: Portuguese Fado song? That would be a turn-up, wouldn't it? I don't think they'd quite know what, uh, what was going on, anyone that was listening to that, would they? Oh, blimey, somehow we've got to get into the one-second song from all of that. I feel like, at the moment... Our links between all of our all of the stuff on the podcast ends up with us going somehow. We've got to get from that to that. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know how we do it, and I don't know why you guys keep listening at home. But we're very pleased you do. It's become a bit of a trademark, hasn't it? We just we can't say we
2: we talk about me doing fado music, and now we've got to do the one second song. And and with just saying that, it's now time for the one second song. Oh, this is professional stuff, Rob. This is great stuff. But if you are listening for the first time, uh, well done for sticking around for the first time. Uh, the one second song is. You guessed it. The very first second of a Eurovision song, where all you have to do is guess the song, guess the artist, guess the year and guess the country. Simple as that. Couldn't
3: be easier, they would say. However, as previous episodes have shown, couldn't be more difficult uh, when it comes to me and James guessing them. But shall we get on with it? It's, uh, it's me to guess. It's uh, you have submitted the song uh, this week and uh, I'll have a listen, shall I? Let's do it. Here's this week's one second song. Now, I think I may have a clue. Possibly, uh, it's one of my favourites. I think, but I have during the one second song before come across very confident and then got it absolutely wrong. So I don't want to don't want to count my chickens just yet. Does that mean you want to hear it one more time just to be sure? Go on then. Let's have it one more time. Right then, I'm I'm going to go straight at it because you know what. I'm feeling a little bit, little bit hungover after our rap party, and I'd quite like a lie down. So the sooner this is over, the better. Come on, then, Mister Mister Confident Rob Lilly, the floor is yours. What is it? Right, uh, this is the part where I make a make a fool of myself by getting it wrong. But I believe uh, the year is 2008. The country. Is a country which we, of course, lost from this year's Eurovision Song Contest. Uh, the country is Armenia. Uh, the artist is uh, Sirishu. And the song, I believe, is uh, Kele Kele. Well, there's not much I can say to that apart from you've got four points. Yay! Oh, what a way to end the party, eh? That's a little bit like finding out on your way home after a night out that the burger place is doing two for one. What a treat.
2: Four points in the bag. Uh, Kele Kele, Armenia 2008. Of course, she came in fourth place uh, in the grand final uh, when it was
3: held in Belgrade in Serbia with 199 points. Uh, forgive James there for for pausing before Belgrade. You must remember that he was probably still a thesis uh, when <laughs> that contest was held. But uh, yeah, 2008 was a great one. Oh, 2008. So many, so many absolute classics from uh, from that year. Uh, Pirates of the Sea. That was 2008, wasn't it? Shady Lady. That was 2008. Oh, banger after banger. As we've already said it, we have again in 2021. 2021 is going to rival every year. That has
2: ever gone before in terms of quality of music at the Eurovision Song Contest. Many people say 2016 is the best year ever. Well, I'm going to lay my cards on the table right now, one and all.
3: I think 2021 could be the best we've ever had. It's getting cocky, isn't he? Getting cocky. But I, I would agree. I think the songs are excellent. And as such, with all the songs in now, we should probably start looking ahead to Rotterdam. We should start looking ahead to the 65th. Eurovision Song Contest, which is what we can expect to happen in May. It's going to happen. They've guaranteed it. I, for one, couldn't be more excited, but it does mean there's a lot more work for me and James because we want to bring you all of the best possible coverage between now and Rotterdam. And that is exactly what we endeavour to do. We'll be speaking
2: to some of the 2021 artists. We'll still be rounding up all the latest news. We'll have some news guests in there as well. So plenty of coverage from us here at the EuroTrip
3: between now and Rotterdam. Absolutely. And talking to Rotterdam as well, we intend, by the way, everybody, to visit that fine city virtually, of course, every single week. Uh, More details to come on that on next week's podcast, but... uh, that is uh, that is what's in the pipeline at the moment. So, who knows, you'll get that holiday after all, but you you might not get to get on a plane or, or get on a ferry. You'll just kind of get it virtually through me and James. Wow, you really sold that and then brought them back down to Earth with a bump, didn't you? <laughs> well, I, I just don't want to, you know, I don't want to increase expectations too much. I don't want people to think we're giving away a holiday or anything like that. We're very much not, but, uh, you know, pop, pop your earphones in and it'll be as if you're there.
2: It certainly will. We will do our very best to take you as close to Rotterdam as we can. Uh, but until then, and until we are back with you next Wednesday, because of course Melfast Monday is done and dusted, we'll be back with you in a week's time. Don't forget to subscribe, leave us a review and rate us five stars. From me, James, it's
3: goodbye. And from me, Rob, as we walk into the sunset after one of the best parties I've ever been to, it's goodbye.